welcome to the Medicinergy podcast. I'm Imogen, a 16-year-old A-level student, here to bring you the best people with knowledge and insight on how to get into med school, how to be a successful med student, and to help you decide whether a career in medicine is for you. And this is part one of the episode, so do tune in for part two. Today is a special episode as we have two guests for the price of one. I'm here with Claudie and Maya, who are fourth year students at Exeter Uni. Hi! Hi! So I'm Maya. I'm yeah, currently a fourth year medical student at Exeter University. And I'm half Indian, half Norwegian, although my mum's actually British Indian, which is why I sound so British. Um, and I live in Dubai. And um, yeah, I started at Exeter in 2019 after a gap year. And I'm, well, just loving it, basically. <laughs> just going with the flow. And hi, I'm Cloudy. Um, I'm Scottish. I didn't sound it, so I grew up in London for a bit. Um, but home is still Scotland. Um, I go to uni with Maya. Um, again, started in 2019. I didn't take gap year. I went straight from school. And yeah, it's been fun so far. Brilliant. So firstly, why did you both choose Exeter to go to? Well... Sort of, well, sort of because I got, that's where I got in, but also like I chose it as one of my options because um, like I was born in London and lived for, lived for a few, the first few years of my life in London. And so I wanted to be somewhere that was close to London um, because we have a lot of family friends there. So I knew with my parents being in Dubai, it would be nice to know that there were some people who were like close family and friends near, nearby. But also I didn't want to be in London because I wanted to have that campus feel um, and go to a university where it felt like a university city rather than just your, another person lost in the city. And um, so my, I applied to Exeter, Edinburgh, St Andrews and Oxford and then put Edinburgh as my fifth choice for biomedical science. But then... Um, Basically, the Scottish Uni saw me as an international student because my parents lived in Dubai, even though my passports are British and Norwegian. And I'd done most of my schooling in England. And um, so basically, it kind of ruled out the Scottish Unis because I wasn't going to pay international fees and I could pay British fees in Exeter or at Oxford. And then I didn't get into Oxford and I got into Exeter. And actually, I'm just so happy that I ended up at Exeter because... I just think I'm much more suited to the type of course that we have at Exeter and it being a little bit more relaxed and you know you're able to have not that you can't have a life at Oxford but just I feel like you it's more suited to you isn't I'm just more suited to being here um I have a similar story I um I chose Exeter initially because I wanted to go down south was my main um like driving factor when I was choosing universities having be in Scotland they wanted to come back to England um I really liked the way Exeter's course was I, I went to all the open days like I'm sure a lot of people do um and it's quite a met like a modern fairly new medical school um and placement starts a lot earlier here than some of the medical schools which is quite important to me because I didn't like the idea of applying to Oxford when I don't know if it's still the same but when we were applying it's basically like content heavy in the first three years and then you do a lot more placement in the last three years but I just knew I wanted to get more hands-on a lot earlier on. So I applied to here, Newcastle, which is kind of a similar way of teaching style, hence I like both of them. They were my top two. And then I don't really know why now, but I applied to Edinburgh and St Andrews, but actually they were far too close to home anyway, so I'm kind of glad I didn't get into those. 
Um, so yeah, and similar story, I only got in here. So here I am. <laughs> but again, I think it, it's worked out for the best. It was one of my top options anyway. Um, and I'm glad with the way it's taught. I'm actually really glad I'm here. And the way the exam system works here, obviously no exams are easy, but the way it's done, I think is easier than some other universities for my way of learning anyway. That's really good that you both <clears throat> kind of ended up as it were here and you're really really enjoying it because you need to enjoy the degree you're doing and where you're doing it so that's really good yeah and could you touch more you mentioned about the course structure and the exam structure could you kind of expand on that a little bit so I don't want to, I'm no expert I mean okay, I'm here but I don't want to get things wrong but um, from our experience anyway um, when we were applying there was like different ways that they used to explain how medical schools teach each there's like the spiral curriculum which is what quite a lot of the modern modern medical schools have like here like Newcastle when we were applying um which basically is like it's the it's the concept of always coming back to things so you don't just learn cardiology in first year and you never come back to it again um it's this concept of like you're constantly revisiting topics um which obviously for medicine it's such a broad amount of knowledge that you need to know you're bound to forget things so if you keep coming back to them it's more likely to stick so we have a spiral curriculum and I, I think a lot of medical schools are going that way um but I, I don't know roughly how many are which way um and then because then there's like the block learning where you just do every year you learn whatever and then that's expected to um you're expected to know that from that point onwards um and then exams I hate writing as in like I hated English in school I'm not good at like wordy answers and so here we've only ever had exams that are multiple choice questions. When I first heard that in the like intro uh, lecture thing, I was so excited because oh, they're not easy, but the idea of just having multiple choice is just so much easier for me because I hate writing. Um, so we have four AMKs, Applied Medical Knowledge exams, um, throughout each year. You have one at the end of first year. One at the end of first year. But it's like a practice, doesn't count towards anything. And then we have them four times through the next four years. Um, and they're meant to show progression. So every time you do it, they're meant, you're obviously meant to um, get higher marks. But it's it's quite a long way of explaining it. But um, they're basically what every graduate medical student has to sit or graduating medical student has to sit. So the level of knowledge you're expected to know in year two, like the pass marks, like 10% basically. And then from that point onwards, by the time you graduate, you should be hitting the level that you'll need to when everyone else has to sit the exam. So I think it's quite good that we do it because we get used to the style of the exams when we have to sit it in fifth year. If I'd never done it before, I think I would be really scared because they still are scary. Um, but it's a lot easier now, like getting an understanding of it. So we have four of those a year and then we have three like termly or small one, one off ski per term, um, which um, clinical exams. So that's testing our skills and stuff. And the way to do it, again, it all sounds really scary, but, but until you actually get to do them, they're not that bad. But um, yeah, it's the way to do it, they're actually very relaxed about it. And it used to, it used to really freak me out and practice every single skill you can imagine. But it is quite relaxed. And they always say they want you to pass, and I never believed it. But I actually, after last year, I really do believe that, like, they're there to try and get you through as much as possible. Um, so that's the way most of our exams work. We have other bits and bobs that we have to pass throughout a year. But the big ones are the four AMKs throughout the year and then our three OSCEs. Um, and I think it's probably fairly similar. Though obviously, a lot of this is based on 
GMC requirements that every medical student has to get done throughout their degree. So it's probably similar at other universities, but I don't know if other universities do the AMK at such an early point. Um, but I actually think it's been really helpful because it's not going to be a big shock when we have to sit it for like real at the end of our degree. Well, just also in terms of the course structure, everything's kind of arranged in three week blocks all throughout medical school. Yeah. You basically, within each three week block, you will have some sort of placement, even in first year and second year. That will just be, you'll have like one day of placement every every three weeks. Um, but that goes up to be like four days of placement a week in third year and fourth year and with one academic day where you're doing lectures and tutorials but basically the whole way through you have clinical exposure and you've got clinical skills lessons you've got tutorials you've got lectures and it's just a whole kind of mixed bag of different teaching methods so you're not just sat nine to five what you know yeah. doing just all day um which some of the unis i think still yeah. do and like some of the medical schools it's like you finish you do three years and you have essentially a biomedical science degree yeah and then you move on to your clinical years whereas for us it's very much more integrated um, which some it doesn't necessarily work for everyone but for us we much prefer it that way it keeps i think it keeps things interesting that you've constantly got different like deliveries of teaching that sort of thing you don't get bored as easily but then some people don't like it because they'd rather just get one thing done and then move on yeah but i think it's quite nice if you get a break so you've got things changing with all the time you've got different lectures different tutorials like i was saying um, and then also we have special study units. So you have two a year or three in first year, but they're basically just where you take a few, there are a few weeks out, like there are a few weeks in the year where you're outside of the normal curriculum doing something else. Um, and it just allows a little break from medicine and like just a chance to do something else and explore other interests. Yeah. Um, you so, kind of have a choice. So you pick topics that you want to do. So it's meant to be an element of like, student-led in a sense yeah so like my second year I did one on theatre so for three weeks I was just doing like writing bits of poetry and just like, my worst night scenes so I didn't play, want to choose that one and stuff like that and like so I chose that because I wanted something completely different but then there's also opportunities to be more involved in research or, or oh. like right now we're doing a mindfulness one so, so it's about like getting out Head and yoga you know talking about how you feel in like we, we were asked to describe like to describe our mood as a weather forecast <laughs> um but even last year we had to do a business proposal so for people that have other interests in like I mean I know uh, someone in our tutor group he was talking about how he's really interested in business startups and stuff and okay it's not quite the same but it gives you a chance to do something a bit different like we had to write this whole proposal and then like we present like a business idea um obviously it was t it was based around sort of medical the medical field but it was still interesting to get to do something different and it feels like a bit of a break from the normal routine yeah that sounds really good because medicine's so intense and if you just keep doing the same thing same thing then you can get a bit I can imagine you get a bit kind of tired of doing the same thing so going out doing some Shakespeare doing some mindfulness um talking about your feelings and the weather like it, it gives you a chance to kind of step back and take a little break and I think that's that's really good that Exa does that because otherwise you just get completely burnt out and not enjoy it yeah exactly I agree so what was your initial motivation to go into medicine I never really knew what I wanted to do I basically chopped and changed between every emergency service so I really wanted to be a policewoman for a long time <laughs> then I was desperate to be in the ambulance and be a paramedic 
And then I was obsessed with being a midwife. So I've kind of always been in that kind of mind. Um, I don't come from any like medical family. Like none of my, no one in my family is anywhere near science. They're all kind of finance in the city kind of things. Um, so I didn't have any examples of that at home, but I don't know what it was. I was just, I was obsessed with a show called Midwife and that's what made me want to be a midwife. And then when it came to applying for universities in school, I just didn't really understand that you just had to apply to medicine or nursing. I didn't know that it was that black and white. I thought you could like choose, oh, I want to be whatever, a dermatologist and you applied for dermatology school. I didn't realise it was like medicine and then you go. So school kind of said, well, we think you've got a chance to get into medicine. So why don't you try for that? And you can fall back on like midwifery if, if you find it doesn't work. And I guess I've always kind of liked the idea of helping people. Um, like I had a really disabled uncle who I grew up with my whole life so I was around in that sense I probably was around like doctors not quite a lot but you know we interacted with like you know care teams and that sort of thing quite a lot and so I think I've always had that kind of slight drive especially when it got to the end of his life I was when I was applying to medical school and in like seeing interactions with different healthcare people and how obviously that can affect someone's life was just really interesting. So I think that drove me a bit more just like to think, oh, I can actually make a difference. I think that also pushed me a little bit more because it was like quite poignant at the time that I was applying to medical school, that was all happening. So yeah, that's how I chose to go into medicine. Well, no, my story, I, I mean, I'm really indecisive. So I just for ages couldn't decide what I wanted to do. It's also part of the reason why I took the IB because at my school you could take A-levels or the IB and I knew with the IB I could have six subjects so I could just keep every door open and then also my hires were biology, chemistry and history so I was like okay well like if I want to go into law like I've got the history there like if I want to go into medicine I've got bio and chem if I want to go into whatever like hopefully I'll be able to make it there apart from maybe engineering um and then I actually like I was considering law for a long time um I also actually wrote a personal statement to apply for international relations and then I decided in the summer before I went into upper six okay you know what I'm going to do medicine but actually I hadn't I didn't have any work experience and and so like I just like I managed to go on this thing with Gap Medics, which I think they have a new name now, um, to Poland. So I did a week of work experience in Poland, the end of August, just before upper six, uh, in neurosurgery. So it was like really being thrown in th at the deep end. Um, and kind of had in my mind that in upper six, I would do, like I would apply for medicine, but kind of with the idea to, of, you know, having it, taking a gap year, but I wanted to apply it whilst at school so I saw so I knew the system for when I then applied again um in my gap year outside of school obviously with school's assistance um so so I applied for medicine and I didn't get in anywhere but I got into UCL for biomed so kind of was keeping that place just in case I wanted to go and then decided like no I am going to take a gap year because then had a gap year and again was completely struggling with it like do, do I really want to do medicine or do I want to do something else like I kind of came to the conclusion that I really wanted to do human sciences but like it just like I wanted to apply to Oxford for human sciences but medicine elsewhere because I didn't like the human sciences course at other universities and I but then obviously for Oxford you need a personal statement geared towards your 
degree for medicine you need a personal statement geared towards medicine so then I just chose medicine which doesn't sound very inspiring but <laughs> I, but I, I did really but I did have a strong interest in meds in the idea of medicine and of helping people and in some ways I kind of felt that it was like it was the perfect combination of science and humanities which I was always torn between because it was like the humanity behind like the kind of human science basically it basically is human sciences but where you're also treating them yeah um treating patients and and then I got into Exeter and I was ready to go to Exeter but I was so anxious before starting like is it the right decision because you hear so many people saying like if you don't really love it you're not going to make it through so I was constantly being the biggest overthinker in the world contemplating this and two weeks before I started at Exeter I almost swapped to medicinal chemistry <laughs> because I was like okay no fine like I want to have a normal student life I don't want to be just stuck doing medicine <laughs> and like you know sacrificing a social life to do medicine but then in the end I stuck with it and, and, here, we are. and here we are four years later and I am very glad that I did it because it is a great course and yeah, it is a great course. first of all we can have a social life and it's about you kind of make what you want to yeah. of your university experience make what you want of your university experience so it doesn't necessarily come easy as in you have to make the you life have to make you want, yeah but it's completely possible when people tell you medicine will take over your life it really doesn't have to if you don't want it to put it that way like it can but it doesn't necessarily have to and, and we're prime examples of that. And we're prime examples of that. But, like, you know, you can work hard, but also have fun. You just have to be organised. That's really good that you enjoy it now. And it sounds like you both kind of weren't really sure at the start and you've you've got into medicine now. So now you're in your fourth year. Are you sure you're happy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And so you mentioned that very briefly about being organised. Is there any other advice you give on how to not just be all about medicine but also be about socializing and having a life as well we have so many tips for this <laughs> but um, okay the first thing that I would okay, say yeah. really strongly and it does depend where you go and what the uni is like in campuses and accommodation yeah so we both have the mindset that we're doing medicine but I don't want my whole life to be medicine um, and so the way Exeter works is it's obviously a campus university there are two campuses there's a much smaller one where medicine and other kind of um sciencey type degrees are based but it's not actually on main campus and obviously the main campus has lots of accommodations around it and then the medical campus has one accommodation next to it because it's a bit it's quite far away so for convenience obviously everyone wants to go to the one like next to campus but I was convinced that I didn't want to go there because obviously the chances are you'll be living with other medics or people that go to that campus so not necessarily in the first few years but obviously when you get more into it it really like obviously takes up a lot of your time so I chose purposely to live on the main campus accommodation so I knew that I'd have to walk like 25 minutes to campus every day but I like sort of sacrificed that to live with people that were like very unlikely to be from that part of campus just so I had like a bit of a split um and it was probably one of the best decisions I did because I lived with seven other people none of them were based on that campus so every time I went back, it was like a complete switch off. Like I didn't have to talk about, you know, I could talk about what I'd done at uni, but it was a completely different kind of bubble in a sense. 
Um, and then as a result, I made so many, I met so many different people. And so that's my like biggest tip. I also, I lived kind of in between the two campuses because I was like, then like I might have some medics living there, but it won't be all medics. So kind of like a happy medium. So again, I really enjoyed just having that place where you could just get away from medicine for a bit and yeah. just really switch off. But I, I also did appreciate though having a medic living with me because it meant that then when others kind of could relax a little bit more, I knew that like at least the two of us were in it together. But I would say actually that's true because it each other quite early on in the first year. And so she kind of became, because like when it was exam times, I had no one like I could revise with. And obviously you can go to campus and stuff, but for like the clinical exams, you kind of need to practice on each other, like skills. So then quite often I would just go to theirs and they became my Oh, my little like study buddies so I was yeah. thankful for that because I guess if I didn't have that then it probably would have I might have felt a bit more isolated being with absolutely no medics I'd also say like just trying to join university-wide societies yeah and I mean I joined a lot in first year and it, you know it's quite nice to join a lot because then you get to try out a lot of different things but then in terms of like long-term membership I try and narrow it down to a few so you can properly be a part of that society like I, it's quite nice to have kind of non-medic be part of non-medic yeah. society but then kind of properly commit to that society so that you can properly get to know the people in it because the way I used to work is we've got yeah like campus-wide societies like netball and then there's like medic netball so you can you can choose like quite a lot of things there's like medic hockey medic netball medic football all those sorts of sports they have a kind of medic society for that which some people obviously love being a part of because you then again get to know all the medic people really well but I would say try and go to like the main one if you can, if you kind of want to. It's normally a bit more expensive, but again, you're meeting different people. If that's something you want to achieve, like to meet different people, then the easiest way is through yeah. main society sports. Like I considered in first year doing normal lacrosse and then medic netball, so that I had like a medic sport and then a campus-wide sport. Yeah. Now I kind of like sometimes go to medic netball and then, I'm a big part of tennis now on main campus and I love being a part of tennis. Again, the way our course or our timetable is structured is our Wednesday afternoons are like sacred, there's like protected. So you can never have any teaching placement. No one can expect you to be anywhere basically because that's sport afternoon for I think pretty much every uni that's involved in Bucks anyway, because all the Bucks, which is like the uni league of um, sport, that all happens on Wednesday afternoons. And so as a result, everyone gets those off as, to give everyone a chance to be able to go to things if you end up with that sort of thing where there's a protective time try and force yourself to like make good use of it and like go to a sport or go to a society or um something to kind of break up also is that you know with medicine it's very difficult sometimes to switch off because there's always something you can be learning because it's endless it's never endless. <laughs> and especially like with the kinds of exams that we sit that test our medical knowledge and your knowledge is supposed to be just constantly growing and we're supposed to be showing progression that our grades going I look at our kind of how our performance is going up it feels like well, there's always something I should be doing and like it's quite hard when you're doing something else to switch off that feeling of guilt mm. that you're not working which I'm sure you've had at school as well like it's like I remember when I finished GCSEs it was so nice because you were like there is literally nothing I'm supposed to be doing right now apart from having a good time <laughs> But I think in medicine, it's just important to tell yourself it is always going to be endless. Yes, there's something I could be doing. But also, in the grand scheme of things, like, or at least I feel like I'm going to look back at my uni days and remember 
the fun things that I did like oh like I went every Saturday to tennis with my friend Claire or yeah. like oh like do you remember like we used to you know on Friday nights we used to go out to teepee those are the things we're going to look back on not oh do you remember that time on that Saturday morning when I had managed to get in that extra hematology <laughs> revision <laughs> like it's just so I'd say just try and like actually give yourself permission to have time off for medicine yeah I really like that. I really like that they give Wednesdays off. I've actually heard a lot of unis do that, like Imperial, Brighton and Sussex, but they don't mention it on open days. So it's good yeah. to speak to people because that is actually, um, that would really kind of pull me towards the uni because I think that's really important to have a break. And as you both said about not just being about medicine, living not necessarily in the medical campus and not going to all the medic sports societies because you're not as closed off. So you mentioned way back about different blocks and uh, different placements within the blocks. So I want to hear more about that. What would you say is your favourite block that you've done so far? There must be loads, but... So far, I think my favourite block has been obstetrics. Just because I got to see a baby being born. So obviously that was incredible. And it was a natural birth and it was uncomplicated. And it was just, I mean, as a medical student, a lot of the time you can feel like you're a bit in the way. But there... Like I knew that I could at least like comfort the mum as she was in, in a lot of pain and kind of straight her leg with her cramps and stuff. And so it was really nice to be a small part of the medical team. Like I really just wasn't that experienced at all. But it was nice to feel like a part of the team. And then was it just see this baby being born and just it was just such an emotional, like such an like kind of assault on the senses, but in a positive way. Yeah. And just it was so I mean that was my favourite basically yeah I would agree I got to help with a c-section in my first obs and gynae and having wanted to be a midwife for so long and I still think obs and gynae is something that I would consider specializing to I was just so excited because they had staffing problems because of covid and so I had to like actually scrub in and help and I got to like pull the baby out that was my favorite so last year we did more of like the big systems so like last year we did like cardiology respiratory gi urology orthopedics and then we also did another one which was like specialty so it was like mental health pediatrics obs and gynae yeah and it was just nice that you know you keep moving on like through different specialties if it's something you don't enjoy like but at least you only know you're only there for three weeks and actually pros and cons obviously sometimes like obs and gynae i wish i'd stayed there longer and got could have done more but then i'm thankful that we did move on because for something like surgery i was thankful that like the next one was coming um, yeah and then this year we're doing different ones. So like we've both just started this week. I've started on palliative, palliative care. And then we move on again in the year and it goes on to different stuff. Um, but basically by the end of third and fourth, we've kind of covered all of the most specialties. key specialties. And in first and second year, our blocks are kind of more arranged in terms of medical knowledge. So we'll do like a musculoskeletal for three weeks, like block yeah. for three weeks where they're teaching you a lot about like bones and muscles and stuff. Then you move on to like different systems and it's, so it's more focused on like you know the medical knowledge and the biomed yeah. and the anatomy but you do have a bit of placement but yeah then when you get to third and fourth year it's like different rotations yeah that's really cool it sounds very busy like there's a lot going on and lots of different yeah. things obviously but um you mentioned gi surgery what's gi surgery it's gastrointestinal oh, okay. um, basically like everything down from everything your mouth, mouth to your butt like stomach cancers or colon cancers or like issues with your liver like like liver cancers anything um, in your 
abdomen based but also not just cancer but just anything kind of in your food tract yeah. basically so like in GCC it'd be digestive system but obviously more advanced yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. basically the digestive system surgery exactly, exactly. okay <laughs> cool. it's so cool you managed to both see a baby being born and even um deliver it that's that's amazing that must have been so brilliant to watch and oh, the high you get because I remember I also got to witness like a normal birth as well and I remember the doctor that took me in was like have you watched a birth before and I said no like I've watched them on telly obviously but like, I've never been in the room and she said oh just prepare yourself you're gonna cry and I was like I'm not gonna cry oh my gosh it's <laughs> so much more emotional than you think because obviously I didn't know this woman I didn't know anything about her uh, I was just watching her give birth but and I was just standing there and I just started crying <laughs> I was like it's just so emotional in a really good way like you just can't I just you won't know it until you are there it's really hard to explain but it was amazing I was so glad because not everyone got to see it because obviously that you can't time these things so there's no guarantee when we were there mm. that it was going to happen so I I wasn't actually meant to be on the labor ward when I saw the baby being born but I was just so determined to see a baby <sighs> being born so like the first day of my office and gynae placement I went to the labor ward and asked the nurses like please like is there anyone that's like, gonna have a baby that we can just <laughs> that I can go and watch and they were like well we don't know like we've got different mothers in labor but but I was just willing to do that because you know to see a baby being born like it's very clearly worth it yeah and then there were other fun specialties like we did neonates last yeah. year which is like premature babies um which I mean it can be quite sad or scary but while I was there they were all okay and getting better. I saw one patient on respiratory, like I watched a doctor kind of basically declaring the patient dead, but because I didn't see the patient die, he just looked like he was sleeping really to me. Um, so even that was, I mean, it was weird knowing like, oh, this patient yeah. has died, but I kind of didn't really, yeah I like, think we've both been lucky in that sense obviously they prepare you quite well in medical school like obviously there's things that you'll see you have to but um eggs are really good on like pastoral care side of things we've got a great well-being team um who are constantly reaching out like giving us information and offering their support so I've never felt like yeah never felt like I've struggled with that placement that's really so, good and um it's good they focus on well-being but um it's I think it's a little bit strange that you haven't across come across anything really shocking I mean obviously I don't really know but maybe it's good maybe it's a bad thing that you haven't come across anything oh my gosh that's so horrible seeing but um I don't know have you had any kind of rotations in A&E or anything like that that's well we're going year, to this year which I'm so excited for but the, so so like you know now we might see a bit more of that however like X does not a what's it called like a major trauma like center. a major trauma center so like all the big car crashes and whatever, they go to Dereford down the road. So we probably only see like drunk students. And <laughs> but like we could see like heart attacks. Yeah, we could see heart attacks. I think it, it kind of... I think it would be different. Like, for example, we've only literally just started this week and I'm on palliative care. But I was in the community team this week. So I only actually saw one patient. Um, but I wonder whether next week, like I'm not, we've not done palliative care before. So I'll be in the hospital ward for palliative care, which I'm assuming, I'm sort of preparing myself, that that's going to be quite tough because obviously those people are there, you know, they're in palliative medicine, so they're kind of there dying or 
like I don't know maybe in third year they ease you in a bit more yeah whereas in fourth year we're now like we're going to be doing any palliative care oncology yeah and kind of like slightly tougher specialties yeah because we're more ready for it yeah yeah so you're less dropped in the deep end kind of had a build up to it yeah 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 that's and good. I say that's how placement kind of works throughout the whole degree because you start with like small amount of placement and then it trickles up to more you kind of get used to it so you don't feel like oh my gosh I've never been in placement before and feeling overwhelmed like it gradually builds up which I think is quite a nice way of doing it yeah definitely because a lot of unis well not necessarily a lot but a fair few focus very much on it being preclinical, no placement at all and then you go into it and so I can imagine it's probably quite daunting going straight into it like that yeah and also because I feel like a lot of the time when you're learning something you can think back to a patient and be like oh I remember when they came in with that mm. and you have a frame of reference but if you go obviously I don't know because I haven't done a course where you do like three years of biomed and then three years of like preclinical and then clinical but I can imagine I'd find it quite scary if I just had this kind of knowledge but I'd never seen it in real life yeah so it's all kind of just a bit just a bit up in the air to then go into a clinical place as a fourth year medical student and people are kind of expecting stuff of you because you're in your fourth year but you've never really interacted with patients before mm. but do you think it's helped build your like it's mentioned quite a lot empathy and confidence and things like that yeah I think so, so. I like when I started placement I literally was so scared to talk to patients I don't know why they seem like the scariest people because I think because you feel we can't obviously do anything like we can't help them we can't give them drugs we can't tell them what's wrong we are literally just there to sit back and observe and um and maybe do a few small things like yeah. take blood yeah but yeah like really small things so basically again it's a, bit, it's a bit of explaining but every week we have to present a patient as part of our like kind of checklist of things we need to get done so every week you have to find a patient talk to them maybe do an examination if it's relevant um read up on their notes and then you sit with a consultant or someone senior at the end of the week and you present them as if they're like a new patient to the consultant um and so I remember being so scared trying to like find a patient like like you know they're like doing something I'm like oh sorry like do you mind if I just come and chat and I was so nervous and I don't know why because for half of them they'd love a chat they're so bored they don't you know they don't especially in COVID because they couldn't have as many visitors so actually they'd be thankful that they've got someone to just chat to um so I used to be really nervous but now I mean I'm still sometimes a bit like scared like, especially kind of mental health it's a bit more scary because they're a bit more unpredictable um but I'm so much more like relaxed talking to patients now and even in, like GP stuff so we do GP placements throughout the year as well um and I feel like I've got we now like well it depends where you are but at mine we can like run our own mini clinics alongside the doctor um so like we do as much as we can and then we say okay now you can go see the doctor and like the confidence I've built through that is so much better like I'm so much more confident that I just chat to patients because actually the weirdest thing is I found especially because we're younger and a lot of patients just naturally are older it's like trying to have small talk I found really difficult like the medical stuff obviously you know what you're talking about or you know the questions you need to ask but the filling the time with the small talk is what I used to find really hard because a lot of these patients you don't have like it's not someone my age that I can be like oh where's your top from or like do you go out the weekend or like something to like make common ground with you know like a six five-year-old man I just don't know anything <laughs> common with and so like working out small talk and building like your confidence and just chatting to them I 
has helped like so much over the last year doing placement and just like having to do it like there's no choice um and then now I feel like it comes much more naturally to me and as you can tell we both talk progressions <laughs> yeah we don't start talking <laughs> and, and also just one more thing on, on the topic of speaking to patients <laughs> is that I used to always kind of think like oh like do they just feel very bothered like because they're not feeling they're not feeling well so like is it just kind of like when I'm like hi like this is this is just for my own learning it will be completely confidential like is it okay if we just have a bit of a talk and then because of how we're assessed on how we present a patient it's then a very thorough history yeah um like I just feel like I don't want to impose on that impose on impose on their time but then in January I was a patient at the RD&E and because I had like glandular fever and it was very interesting because then I knew what it was like I felt what it was like to be a patient and I realized how much I just wanted to talk to people because I also had COVID at the same time so I was on the COVID ward in isolation with no one to talk to and so now I feel a lot more able to go and speak to patients because I know that actually they're really just happy to talk to someone because it's so boring being in hospital and then I don't feel as bad to kind of take up some of their time because it's not what they can't do anything else yeah and this is part one of the episode so do tune in for part two